So are we, are we ready to go? Should we just... Yeah, just see what happens. See what happens, see what happens Have we got a plan for today's show? No, not at all. I'll just wing it. Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... The way you look in the mirror and the, you, you feel in your clothes is so important and it, that's not to do with size, it is more to do with how you're feeling. Uh, and again, this is a positive exercise, you know, you can feel so good after exercise and it doesn't really matter what you look like in the mirror. Running with Jake, the podcast, Because every runner needs the occasional plot and here's your host, Jake Lowe. It's showtime, baby! Get yourself a comfortable chair, a cup of tea and a nice chocolate hobnob. This is your weekly dose of running motivation, firing, as always, on all cylinders, ready to motivate your pants off. We've got a great show lined up for you today. I'm super excited. We are speaking with ex-Big Breakfast presenter Jody Bunting. He's a top guy. He's a holistic life coach. And we're getting into his experience over the last 15 years of being in the fitness industry. He's helped so many people. And one of the things we really want to tackle is a subject that I think many runners can relate to. And that's body image. I'm sorry, you lost me at hobnob. You sl- you said chocolate hobnob, and all I've done is think about chocolate hobnob since then. I do apologise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back in the room, Peter. Back Thank you. Right, I'm back. In the room. I think that's a massive subject. I think body image is a, a subject that affects so many people. I'm not going to say 100% of people, but it's it's really, really high. And I guess the stereotypical thing is, you know, a fat person. You know, I, I, I've been at times in my life and I've felt fat. I generally feel chubby or just out of shape. I mean, that's kind of been me my entire life. But if people look at me, they'd say, no, you're not particularly fat. But, you know, that's, it's, it, that's, that's what you're dealing with, isn't it? It's people thinking things about themselves that other people don't necessarily see. I mean, we can't back this up with statistics, as you mentioned, but I think you're right. That's my general feeling. I mean, I've been in the fitness industry for a long time, personal trainer before I was a running coach. And generally, I think where body image is is concerned, people instantly have in their mind people that are perhaps overweight, got a high BMI, so body mass index higher than perhaps is deemed healthy, you know, not being able to necessarily fit into the clothes that they want to buy to feel good, to increase their confidence for the Christmas party, etc, etc. But I don't think that's always the case. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. I mean, look, I'm not a big guy, right? I'm five foot eight on a good day. And in reality, I'm probably more like five, seven. And my background in terms of fitness before I was a runner like personally I always wanted to, to put on weight you know muscle that was a big focus for me I wanted to I wanted to look good mm. I was interested in fitness but it was more about aesthetics of me being brutally honest and once I found running and got into that I realised actually you know to, to do well in running I've really got to go for it I'm going to have to lose weight because the whole kind of it doesn't go hand in hand you know to run fast to be uh, heavy doesn't help you, you know, carrying a lot of muscle, which was, I had reasonable muscle, I guess, when I found running. And it was kind of like a real battle in my mind. I, mm. I, I, re- I remember this so clear before I was, well, working towards the 2008 London Marathon, which was my first race. I had this battle, I want to do as well as I can, but I don't want to lose weight. But now, fast forward, people still say to me when they see me or they haven't seen me for a while, oh, you're, you're, oh, you're looking, are you all right? You're looking thin. You look at if you lost weight, are you skinny? And the look on their face mm. is almost it's it, they're saying it in kind of like a derogatory term. They're not saying it in a oh well, you look good. They're saying, Oh, are you are you okay? And I'm thinking and I, I hate it because it, it's my trigger. It yeah, makes me yeah. feel uncomfortable because I go back to that Jake in two thousand and eight when I was having that mental battle, do I lose weight or do I try and maintain the weight? All that kind of stuff. So I think it can affect many people in different ways. Do you know thin and skinny are really weird words, aren't they? Because I don't think they're positive in any way. Whatsoever, but I've had people say. In fact, my wife says it. She says, "I wish I was skinny." 
I wish I was skinny. And you're like, what? Skinny doesn't sound good to me at all. I wish I was thin. You know, there's a, there's a, um, a Paul McKenna book out, isn't there? I mean, that it came out years ago. And it's like how to think yourself thin or whatever it is. And it's the word thin. And you go, thin is, is not good. You know, thin and skinny, to me, are not far away from gaunt. But it's it's the connotations. It is. But I find it amazing, you see, because I look at you and as, as um, a, a chap who believes I'm I'm much chubby, I'm chubby, I'm, I'm chubby, there's no doubt about it. Whereas I look at someone like you and I go, that you're in a really good form. You know, you look you look good and you look the way that I guess I'd like to look. But So there's always this thing. And, and then to find out that you battle with certain words and, and perceptions as well, that's really interesting. But people look in the mirror, and Mm. no matter what reflection they see, Mm. the majority of us will hone in on a thing that we don't quite like, whether that's height, whether that's skin colour, whether that's tone, whether that's your eyebrows, your lips, whatever it might be, you focus in on that. Sure. Uh, So other people don't necessarily do that. I I really believe that. But I do think that everybody's got their thing that they were not so happy about that. So, for example, I've I've got fatty bits around the lower back. I've got the back fat thing, the little candles (laughs) classic. Look, I'll be honest, that's where I store my body fat. So if I put on weight, it goes straight to the love handles and that's always been the case for me and that was quite hard to kind of deal with you know getting changed in the changing rooms or on the beach when I was younger again being quite focused on aesthetics that I'd, I'd always feel like people people are looking at my love handles aren't they of course yeah, they're yeah. not no of course not have no. you got a thing what, what do you not what, what are you what's your thing Pete that you kind of go ah, I don't like that my thing's just got to be my stomach it's just my stomach and I can stand up and I can hold it in and it looks okay but then when I relax it doesn't and that's always been the case you know and and over the years, uh, yeah, I have weighed too much. I've weighed, you know, and I still weigh too much now. I'm 14 stone now. I have been 16 stone. And then when I was about 14 and a half, I did, um, I went to the um, went to the doctors. And it was something completely unrelated. And the, and the nurse weighed me and she said, oh, yeah, you need to be careful of your BMI because you are uh, just into obese. So you're going, oh, no, I've been called obese by a, wow. by a nurse. But then at the same time, she looked at me and she said, you really don't look it. But you, you are technically you're obese. So you go. So technically, so obviously, since hearing that, you go. You kind of laugh about it because my wife was with me at the time. We were just having some injections for holidays, which is why she was there. You don't really need to know that, but you know, we'll, we'll laugh about it. But again, it's still that word, and it's kind of just it gives you that it gives that extra impact because you're already knowing that you weigh too much hey well look we know this is your weekly dose of running motivation and running keeps you young it helps you to feel healthy physically and mentally of course and you are looking great I mean we know that people listening to this show regularly will know that you've, you've recently taken to running probably a few months now so you, you're definitely looking good and moving forward which is ace but I mean I talk about my love handles and the bits oh I'm not sure about that but I actually think I have a bigger concern and it's a it's it's a real fear of mine. There's something that I would absolutely change, I must admit, and that's the, the nose and ears. What? You've you talked nose. about... You know, <laughs> when my we, ears. When we last had a few drinks together, we were in my kitchen and you kept going on about that after a few drinks, mm. and normally I'd completely discount this as a jake, jokey, jokey bit, but to be fair, when we were unable to stand up, you were going on about your nose and your ears. Uh, it really... Fr- I mean, I would say it scares me. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, like in cold sweats, and oh my God, I can't believe it. My nose and my ears. But your nose and your ears look absolutely fine. They fit with the rest of your face and your, your head. What's the pro- I don't get the problem. Well, yeah, they're fine now, obviously, but now they're okay. But somebody told me that your nose and ears keeps growing. 
as you get older. And that is a massive concern for me. I mean, yeah. look at me now, fine, I'm in proportion. But you imagine when I'm like 75, I'm like really short, four foot four, I've got these massive ears and a big nose. I look like an extra off Lord of the Rings. <laughs> running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. I'm super excited to be having our next guest on, having a chat with our guest. He is no stranger to the world of fitness at all. TV presenter, holistic life coach, over 15 years in the fitness industry and helped over 5,000 people lose weight. And he's taught over 78,000 hours of fitness classes. Jody, you must be knackered, man. I'd have a sit down if I were you. Absolutely. This is why I have to eat so much, Jake, just to keep me going. God, do you know, as we as we hooked up on Zoom here, I can see you on the video, you, you reached for your water bottle. I'm really impressed to see you keeping yourself hydrated. You're living and breathing fitness. This is good. Yeah, exactly. This is what it's all about, keeping yourself hydrated, feeding yourself all the, well, not right things, but feeding yourself something is what keeps you going. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, there's loads of stuff I want to chat to you about today. It's great to have you on. You've been doing so much over the years, so much great work. What are you doing at the moment? I see you popping up online. You're doing a lot to help people, a lot of online stuff, which is kind of the thing of the moment, isn't it, really, given the, the situation we find ourselves in, in in 2020. What what are you doing with your good work at the moment? How are you helping people? Well, right now I'm doing uh, my holistic lifestyle coaching. And to be honest, for years now, I've been trying to break in the whole online um, so for me, lockdown has worked amazingly because it's almost forced my clients online. Finally, I've been able to give my body a little bit of a rest, get into my personal training and actually help my clients on a one-to-one -one basis instead of a group basis, um, which as you know, as a personal trainer is actually the way to get the best results out of people. Just think having that quality one-on-one -on -one time uh, has really helped my clients get their results as well. So it's been win-win actually for me, the lockdown. Well, listen, we're going to link to, uh, obviously, all your uh, various channels and where people can um, find you in the show notes page, which is uh, runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast, so people can hook up and follow what you're up to there. But you touch on something really interesting, actually, just in that, because it, it is about building those relationships with people, that one-to-one -one time, and I think it's making people feel comfortable. Now, you will know as an expert in fitness and we wanted to speak to you about body image. You're going to deal, you've got your own story, of course, and I know that you have dealt with lots of people that have uh, issues over body image and changes that they want to make to their health and their confidence. And it is about feeling comfortable, isn't it? Do you, do you have to be really careful sometimes when you're working with, say, somebody new? Do you have to really kind of give them a, a very gentle approach and introduction to training if they're feeling like a little bit kind of, I guess, insecure, a little bit nervous, you know, your experience, they're not. How, how does that work? Somebody who's very overweight and is not used to fitness and have never been in a gym before, you know, I actually step away from exercise almost and almost because I know it's going to scare them. If you say, let's go running, let's go for a jog, you know, you've kind of lost your client straight away. So yeah, I'm out already. Just <laughs> phrases like that. He's I'm going, let's, let's do what? Are you serious? <laughs> Could you not just sort of attach some electrodes and make me thinner, please? <laughs> and it was it was really hard for me to do that because I've felt the benefits of exercise so much. You know, working for national slimming clubs has actually been a, a real good lesson for me because it's made me realise there's a whole market out there that hate exercise. They absolutely loathe it and will not do it. Um, so this is where using the words like movement, 
uh, and moving the word using the words like getting active instead of the, using the words fitness and exercise a real positive way to help people get into it so this is kind of what I've been learning over the last few years and right now I tell people you know to sit there and stretch in their chair or do some marching on the spot while sitting down and I think this is Pete's doing it right now Pete's doing it now he's it feels good I'm into this this is good Let's all let's all synchronise recline. Here we go. We're just going to chill out. <laughs> Hang on, just a minute. The last time I reclined, I fell off this thing. <laughs> Lumbar oh. spine moving. This is good. This is good. Jody's. I hope he's not going to charge us for this. Actually. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so I think this is the, you know a, a real way to get people into fitness, which are not into fitness at all and will never be into fitness. But it's amazing how I've seen clients go from not exercising at all to wanting to do the couch to 5k and things like that which as you know is is actually a really massive challenge isn't it it's a huge challenge well you're doing it now aren't you peter you've just finished the the couch to 5k yeah, I've just done it, and I was dragged into it um, myself, really, and I didn't really choose to do it, but then, because I'm up for a challenge generally, I went, all right then, I'll do it. And then I realised that running and actually being more active makes you feel so much more positive about about yourself and the world around you, and it just kind of helps those things that happen in your head that you don't want to happen. So I stuck with it. We've known each other, Pete and I, a long time, and he's never been into fitness and things, and obviously the producer of a running podcast, and yes, I would love to see i would have loved to have seen pete make some healthy changes just to feel healthy in himself and you know mentally physically and things but actually it was kind of it rubbed off on you didn't it pete you were indirectly part of this and kind of influenced and you you said there you you uh, paraphrasing a bit we kind of forced yourself into the couch to 5k it's got to come from you and it's a bit like with Mm. you jody isn't it and your clients they've got to want to make that change you can facilitate it and encourage and support but it's got to come from them right surely Oh yeah, absolutely. It's got to come from the person and this is why suggesting things, you know, is so important and just doing it gently. Uh, Can I just say I was really shocked when I saw that Pete was working with Jake. I was like, how does that combination work? How have those two ever met each other? Well, you see, Jodie, my thoughts were when we met in a pub, it's all about, it's all over a pizza, um, it's all about balance. And I just thought, well, Jake's on that side of the scale, I'm on that side of the scale, and normal is probably somewhere in the middle. I don't know. (laughs) I thought maybe Jake had tripped over you when you were just going, your way home and jake was up early for a run <laughs> that does sound like quite a likely story it does actually yes <laughs> so jody the, the 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 clients that you work with then over the years and i know you're predominantly online now do you find that most of them are kind of body image conscious they want to make changes like physically aesthetics or is it more fitness do they want to increase their energy level to run around the garden with the kids or reduce the risk of of um heart related disease for example which which group of people do you tend to see the most of i think initially when they come to you they they do say you know i need to lose x amount of weight but when you start delving into the reasons why they want to lose that weight then it's actually got nothing to do with that at all and it's all about their diabetes or you know there's some health reason underneath that's kind of shot them into it because as you know people don't take action through oh I've got a daydream and I'd like to do this it's normally something really serious that's happening to them or their family member and has really kicked them into it so it is and again because of my story because I used to be 31 stones I do attract the the larger clients who kind of have tried other little things 
and they're just not inspired by somebody who's maybe lost half a stone because they just they just don't relate to them they don't understand uh, you know even a lot of the big weight loss clubs out there they don't understand that these people are sitting at home eating packets of biscuits every day it's not just a binge once a month they're doing these these things these serious things ordering two massive pizzas from Domino's and eating the lot you know on a weekly basis you know it's massive overeating and this is where something I can really relate to them and hopefully steer them out of that nice and slowly um, because it's not all about just overnight changes as well it's about just slowly uh, nice gentle changes that are not going to shock your system when was the last time you went through your story with somebody you've spoken about this so much can we ask you again is is this I, I don't want to go over old ground but I think so many of our listeners are really going to be inspired by this and I'm really interested myself to hear it from you what your fitness journey was like you mentioned you were uh, you were 31 stone at your heaviest you're clearly looking at you on the video screen you're not that now how did that start for you and what happened so all the way through school i'm happy to talk about it of course um but it started all the way through school when i um went to primary school when i was five years old i was five stone when i was seven years old i was seven stone so my my graph of my weight kind of grew with my age and right at the beginning there the school nurse uh, i'm not sure whether schools have nurses these days uh, but my school nurse said to me you know you you or brought my mum in and said you know you you can't stay on this graph because this is not the natural line your weight shouldn't go with your age um and it kept going up and my mum would go in and and say things to the the dinner ladies things like oh can we have his fish fingers um grilled instead of fried you know so my mum did try uh, but unfortunately i had these chubby cheeks at school i had the angel smile and all these dinner ladies used to give me seconds and thirds and almost i was talking my way around them giving me more food opposite to what my mum was telling them so i learned this at a very young age how to get food and lots of it um, so much so, uh, I would eat breakfast at home and then I'd also call into my grandma's on the way to school. So looking back now, I can see why I got so big so quickly because food was just my love from a, a very young age. Uh, then when I got to secondary school, uh, you start to think about life and going into the real world. And in my last year of school, this is when I had a dramatic weight loss. Uh, my mum had been taking me to slimming clubs and things like that for quite a few years. Um, but I actually lost all my weight and got to my ideal weight ready for when I left school and went to college. However, this was another bad bit of news, Jake, because the careers advisor tells all the fat kids at school, you'd be a great chef. So I went to oh. catering. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Crikey. Did you want to lose weight at that point? You know, you, you talk about you were sort of losing the weight as you got older and things. Were you conscious of it or was it coming from, from mum? Because it didn't affect me. Like I was getting, I wasn't getting badly bullied at school, but people have just like, you know pull my cheeks and things so it wasn't nothing awful it was more the people around me telling me that i needed to lose weight it wasn't coming from myself so you went to the catering college which was in buxton yes um and i was also still going to a slimming club then because i obviously i, I wanted to continue my healthy eating uh, and this is where we had one night a fitness person came in and did step aerobics uh, back in the uh, late 90s you know step was still a massive thing um and that was my first fitness class and i remember going along and i actually thought wow this is like 
she's allowed to turn the music up really loud in this church hall and we're all like kind of dancing and having a good time so I knew from my first class you know this was something I wanted to do because it would not only help me with my personal journey it actually sounds like a good job this fitness thing um, so straight away on my 18th birthday I enrolled for my uh, exercise to music qualification and this was kind of the start to my uh, fitness career uh, but also getting my, myself involved with it fitness personally. Um, however, because I was still at catering college, these two forces were still clashing. Uh, and although that I was attending a fitness class maybe once or twice a week, I was still heavily overeating. Uh, my favourite part of the catering college was the uh, dessert section. Uh, so I was literally, I remember like making these massive um, desserts and eating the lot in my college room. <laughs> uh, and the bad thing about exercise, because again, you are, you feel like you're burning more calories and it making you hungrier. I was actually eating quite a lot of calories when I think about it. I mean, that can be a misconception for a lot of people, can't it? Do you find that the people, especially new to exercise, this is running, this is all forms of exercise, they feel like they justified in their mind the calories. If they want to, if they're somebody that has turned to exercise to lose weight, because it is a common goal, of course, uh, different amounts and different reasons, but it is a common goal. But do you find that some people think that they've justified through going to a step class this burger and these chips and those two beers tomorrow, for example, rather than actually they just need to take a step back and go, well, maybe I haven't quite got that, got those numbers right? Yeah, a lot of people use exercise just for a reward. They're only doing it so they can have something, uh, which, as you know, is completely wrong and you'll never be able to, you know, lose weight that way. Uh, but that's definitely a misconception, yeah. Uh, and going back to your story, Jodie, wh- so 31 stone at your heaviest, how old were you when you, when you were 31 so stone? 21 years when I got to 31 stone. And how long did it take you to lose the weight that you wanted to lose? What and what was that journey like? Was that difficult for you? Did you have moments where you you, you sort of it, the the focus kind of fell, your motivation dropped off, and you ended up putting uh, some weight back on, or was it kind of a very progressive, linear way of losing the weight? So there was two major events that happened. First of all, the birth of my daughter. Um, I went on the Trisha show on ITV uh, and just having an audience full of strangers saying, you know, you should lose weight because you're, um, you know, you're going to die. You're not going to see your child uh, grow up was for the, I like to call it a fact realisation moment. You just have a moment in life that just kind of kicks you into action. So that's when I had my kind of motivation that I wanted to do something about it. Uh, And then from there, I split up with my uh, fiance at the time. uh, And that was a physical uh, motivator. So I had my emotional why I wanted to do it. And then the physical of moving out and, you know, starting life again, that was the real uh, motivator that got me into to fitness and actually started to count my calories and look at my food. It's funny when you mention the fat realisation there, and I, I really get what you're saying. You, you reached that point where you were clearly in an unhealthy place in your life physically and actually with the birth of your daughter that's the time to make that change and going on the Trisha show and the audience getting behind you and saying look you know steering you Jody, this is the change you need to make for a healthy lifestyle in the future do you think that there's kind of a almost not a flip side to that but you've got a a different almost the other end of the scale where somebody 
has issues with their body image. They want to make certain changes. I know we're focusing quite heavily here on on losing weight and something I want to come on to in a moment is is that you can have issues with body image and it's not centered around losing weight. But if somebody wants to lose some weight, but they're not in a health risk, okay? So they are not somebody that has a high risk of a high chance of diabetes, for example. But actually their confidence is quite low. They can't buy the dress that they want to buy or they can't fit into the pair of running shoes they want to fit into. Because they're not at that sort of risk level, if you like, in terms of serious serious health, do you find that people close to them, friends and family, may not support and encourage in a way that actually is beneficial for them to make a change? So what I mean by that is if I look at the likes of Strava, I'm sure you're familiar with Strava where people upload their fitness sessions. And because runners in particular are really like community-based bunch of great people that want to support everybody, it's almost like it doesn't matter if people feeling like they want to make changes. It's like, well, don't worry, you're a runner anyway you look fantastic be happy with who you are but that person isn't necessarily completely happy in their own skin they 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 probably need that fat realization as you mentioned but because they're not a health risk people are encouraging them does that does that make some sense to you do you find sometimes it can be difficult to get the the support and the right support to make those changes Absolutely, yes. Because, you know, being a little bit overweight, unfortunately, has become so normal now. You know, if, if, if somebody is slightly overweight and they say to their friends, oh, no, you're fine. You know, it is. I think it's harder to lose a stone or a stone and a half than it is to lose five or six stone because, you know, it is socially acceptable to be slightly overweight and almost curvy is more fashionable these days. So I do really feel for those sorts of people. And it happens exactly to the same to the people who need to lose their last little bit to get to their goal all their friends all their family even their doctors you know say to them you're fine now you know you've done a great job it's fine you know and the, the pressure's not there anymore uh, in a good way to help motivate them so I, I think you're definitely right it, the challenge can be that that final mark and getting to your your ideal weight and I guess it is hard for society as well and friends and family and colleagues to support in perhaps the most beneficial way because actually to give somebody some information that you really care about for them to make a change is a little bit hard and sometimes people don't quite know how to package that message because it can come across as abrupt or rude or, or worse still if that message isn't um, received in the right way and I do think that some people actually while it's 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 a little bit easier and more accepted to kind of say oh have you lost some weight are you okay or oh, you're looking a bit thin you look skinny in those jeans whereas you probably wouldn't say you're a bit fat do you work with clients that are perhaps that experience those uh, situations that have uh, perhaps more on the on the slimmer side yeah and this is where it all links to do with wellness and lifestyle um and i have had people on my courses before who've had uh, wanting to put on weight so somebody who was maybe um maybe maybe not anorexic or, or too bad like that but they're just like you said they're just not comfortable with their their body shape is i think is the key uh, and this is where it's really important to work on your body fat percentage and other health uh, factors not just the amount on the scales because uh, again as you said the, the way you look in the mirror and the, you you feel in your clothes is so important and it that's not to do with size it is more to do with how you're feeling uh, and again this is a positive exercise you know you can feel so good after exercise and it doesn't really matter what you look like in the mirror so again this is where looking through to lifestyle um, and the reason I got into lifestyle as well 
myself was not only just to to try and conquer my own weight loss battle uh, but also I went to work in Egypt in 2006 and the most amazing thing about there was that I went into these African villages where there was no cancer there was no obesity and it made me question like what are these really really poor people doing that have got nothing what are they doing to keep them so healthy uh, and the answer was they were living off the land they were growing their own vegetables they're having milk from their their neighbor's cow every morning and it was really their lifestyle that was that's putting them on top of their 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 health game if you want to call it like that and you know you could see people running in the street they were running to get things they weren't running because it, it was the, their little goal it was just part of their lifestyle to run around um, and I think this really kind of shocked me back into studying holistic health and this is why I came back to the UK uh, and did a Czech qualification in holistic lifestyle because I knew for the future of myself and my clients, you know, I wanted to make things easy. I don't wanted them just to calorie count and do things like that. Uh, and this is why sleep, uh, looking at your stress levels is all connected to do with not only your sports performance, but also to your nutrition and the way you live your life. Um, so that was kind of you know what you're saying there about these people looking at themselves um it is to do with your whole lifestyle and how you're living your life not just you know what are your goals and what you are doing to achieve those goals i mean i think back to when i was doing one-to-one -one personal training sessions the physical stuff like contact and i could see where somebody was in their own skin in their mind how they felt about themselves through their posture through how they held themselves, you know, and sometimes you can see that people that feel more comfortable that they or less comfortable, they kind of hide themselves away a bit and they're sort of hunching the shoulders and they're, you know, cowering a little bit. Whereas sometimes I'd, I'd see people that were sort of coming out of their shell a little bit, feeling more comfortable, a little bit more confidence that stand in that manner. And that's nothing to do with their uh, stature, their mass, as it were, or their height or the colour of their skin or their sex. That's to do with how they feel about themselves. And I think it kind of radiates. If I look at you on the screen now you're sat in exactly that manner you look confident you look you look comfortable when were you at your most comfortable in with your body and with yourself is that now or is it a, a, a different time in your life now the shocking thing for me is that when I was 31 stones I actually did a photo shoot for a magazine attitude magazine where I wasn't wearing much clothes so for me body image and positivity you know, I actually think it's a disadvantage to have body image when I was so big because I was so unhealthy and I was putting a strain on my internal organs so much, but I was body confident. You know, I'm not sure that's actually a great thing because although it's good that I'm positive, the fact that I was so unhealthy and positive is, is, is maybe not a good thing. Um, so you know there's the swings and roundabouts to this and you've got to have that balance between health and positivity um, and how you get positive when you know body confidence when you are at your ideal weight I'm really not sure because I've had it all the time um, I think this is where like I said earlier just going on to your body fat percentage and almost getting confidence from your doctor and being told this is normal you know what you look like and how you're feeling is normal and I think this is where you can get confidence is from information rather than 
you know there's not a book unfortunately that we can read that's going to give you all this positivity it does just come from how you live your lifestyle yeah and it is lifestyle hence why you you class yourself as a holistic life coach which is what you do a holistic coach you know looking at all those different elements you touched upon the sleep and the stress level so important and sometimes it's the basics isn't it you talk about being in egypt and in the villages there and people that are living really healthily and and looking well what's going on what are they doing and they're living off the land well it's just the basics but sometimes it's hard to adhere to those basics isn't it you know in the in in the uk everything's accessible so we can you can jump in the biscuit tin at any moment and you know and, and not stop up and make the the, uh, the the negative changes, so we shall we say, that can obviously have a adverse effect on our health. Tell me about the London Marathon. I can't let you go without talking about this. You've done the marathon, Jody. I know. I've looked up your results. <laughs> Did you do it in fancy dress? Come on, I've got to ask. Yes. So I did it for the Starlight Children's Foundation in two thousand. 2005, so it was still the Flora London Marathon, unfortunately. I remember Flora it. Flora was the sponsor. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is my qualification for getting on running with Jake, is that I've Absolutely. got my medal, my medal for the London Marathon. <laughs> um, and can I just tell you my ironic story of this? So uh, at the London Marathon, at eight hours and a half, they kind of take down the set, you know, where you run under at the end, and they also stop publishing in the London Evening Standard your runners. So oh, I, Jake, no. I, Jake, got eight hours and 35 minutes. So I lost out. Oh, no! I lost out on all the glory. I was so disappointed not to get in the standard. Now, there was still people there at the finishing line. I did still get my goodie bag and things like that. So it wasn't without complete loss. Um, but yes... This is how not to run a marathon, Jake, because I didn't keep up with my training for that. Uh, and I just thought, like many people do, I'm a fitness, I'm into fitness, I do some fitness classes. Of course I can run a marathon. <laughs> um, it doesn't quite work like with that. And that's why you need running with Jake, everybody, if you're going to uh, do oh a 5K gosh. or a marathon. I appreciate that. You, you can't step class your way to the finish line of a marathon, Jody. That is definitely <laughs> not the way to do it. What was your training like, though? Seriously, I mean, did you do long runs? Did you do anything specific for, for the marathon? I think I probably did 30 minutes was my maximum that I got you up to. You are joking me. Um, and as you know, anybody that only is used to that and goes straight into a marathon, I was really lucky because it was a really sunny day and literally the streets were completely filled and everybody was having barbecues and beers. And because I had my name on my top, everyone was shouting, go, go, go. I was actually called Flabby Gabby. That was my outfit I was running for the charity <laughs> for. Wow. So people are shouting Flabby Gabby. Uh, and that kind of... And because of the sunshine, I remember I had this, like... Um, a, a, a tiara on and I remember because it was so hot that I had a burn line even on my head where I'd been oh, running wow. for so long in the sun uh, but that was the only thing that got me through uh, and I remember finishing I could hardly walk at the end of it and I had to have two weeks off work because my ankles were so dead afterwards do you know Jody? right i am a producer on a podcast that's all about running okay <laughs> every day i'm exposed to running people i hear running motivation the whole time and you coming on and making it sound like complete rock and roll and not caring and um doing the marathon then having two weeks off work afterwards all of a sudden you my friend have made marathons really appealing to me <laughs> two weeks off work 
That's what I'm talking about. If you're well, listening you to go. this episode now while you're running, please do not take Jody's <laughs> advice. Do not follow in Jody's footsteps. We love him. We want him to come back on. He is a fitness expert, but not so much the marathon running expert with his experience. <laughs> I mean, that wearing that for eight hours, did you not consider like a costume change at halfway? That would have been a lot better, wouldn't it? The only advantage to it, although it was kind of a big suit that blew up, it had a little fan in the back, so there was a little bit of air circulation. But again, wearing anything that that stopped your pores, now I know, that stopped your pores from breathing was definitely a bad idea, and you shouldn't do that on your first marathon. But now, looking back on it, it was just, you know, it was incredible that I actually finished it and didn't die. You know, I I didn't have a heart attack or a stroke on my way round. But yeah, I am so proud of what I did. Uh, and anybody out there, you know, that is looking to do a marathon, it is definitely possible. Uh, but obviously, it's it's healthier, much healthier, to do it in a in a controlled way, in a planned way, rather than just going on a limb like I did it. We joke about the training and stuff for, for the marathon, and yes, clearly, if you do some training, it's going to help and increase your chances of crossing the line. And I'm really pleased, really pleased that you did uh, not die and you finished it and you enjoyed it and you raised all the money, Jody. But you know what, you, you I always say this nobody can take that away from you i say this to my runners that have ran marathons or any distance done a 5k or whatever goal it might be in life for that reason it's etched in time it's a memory they've created i mean you you know talking now i can see sort of beaming ear to ear and you you're back in there and in the crowd people shouting your name or well, not your name for eight hours it's just it gives me goosebumps it's an incredible experience isn't it Absolutely. As I said, just the people lining the streets, it was just so many people just wanting you to do it and being around those runners as well. Even though the fact they were overtaking me left, right and centre, it was still a motivation that you're, you know, you're part of this team and you keep on going. Are you still running? Are you doing any of that? Or you yourself, Jody? are you doing other fitness bits? So I think the word jogging is probably my maximum right now. Obviously, I'm 42 years old. I'm a lot older than when I did the marathon now. And I've slowly learned through fitness that, you know, your your knees have only got a, a shelf life of a certain amount of time. So right now, for me, it's, it's definitely low impact exercise that I only do. So unfortunately, Jake, I have... Uh, hung up my running shoes um, but hopefully I'll be back uh, doing park uh, the park runs the walking edition good man well the main thing is as long as you look after yourself you're clearly doing some great work for your clients as well it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today Jody. I really appreciate you coming on the show where can people connect with you where can they find out all the wonderful work you are doing to help the world get fit strong and feel more confident it's my website it's jodybunting.com so j-o-d-y-b-u-n-t-i-n-g.com have an awesome rest of the day great to chat to you thank you jake for the show notes and video content go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and follow us on social media let's take another one of your questions is hashtag ask jake and cheryl has sent us a message she would like to know what the ideal gradient is for hill repetition work Now, many experts will agree, Cheryl, that circa 6% is the ideal gradient 
for hill repeat work. And the reason being, it, there are some exceptions to this, but generally speaking with hill work, you don't want to change your running form. If the hill that you choose is too steep, what happens is you naturally start to change how you run, you shorten your stride, and that can influence a change in your biomechanics that we're not looking for in a hill repetition session. So you want to pick a hill that actually, it's like gravity's just been turned up a bit, it provides you with some resistance, so you get some strength development as well, uh, as well as the fitness gains, but actually you want to be able to run relatively normal. So 6% therein is roughly where you should be looking at in terms of hill repeat work. I hope that helps. Good luck. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. That is it for another episode of the Running With Jake podcast. We will be back here next week for more running motivation, your weekly dose of running motivation. Don't forget to subscribe to the show using your mobile app so you never miss an episode. And if you do have five minutes in your busy day, please, 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 Pete, what do we need? What do we need? What do we need? We need reviews. We need ratings. We need subscriptions. Reviews, ratings and subscriptions. Get on it. Speak to you soon. Oh, and one more thing. Dream it, believe it, build it. But not on Minecraft. I mean, you know, real life and stuff. And on next week's episode of Running With Jake. When it gets really tough and when I'm out running and I think, okay, I don't think I can do this, and you lose confidence in yourself... If you have a really good coach, you think, okay, well, well, they think I can do it. So if they think I can do it, then I can probably do it. And then you do do it, funnily enough. Running with Jake, the podcast. That's a wrap.